Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Speaking about the Jules Gale, oh. this is actually the introduction to the podcast. I'm Scott Taylorford, your Jules Gale. Hello. This is the Untitled Banter Podcast, the UPP. 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 Now, this is the podcast, the Untitled Banter Podcast. Every week we ask people what their thoughts are, what games they're playing, what different food takes they might have to send some different things over, some mad recipes, some mad cocktails uh, mm. a brewing if you go back through mm. uh, the hashtag long enough. Um, but also, yes, we've been sent a whole bunch of different questions and ting. Um, so I thought we'd get through as, uh, as many as possible. First one from Laughing Sun, bro, a regular, a regular oh, legend. Absolutely. Um, who just says, can you expand on your Mortal Kombat 2021 thoughts and what a sequel would or should do better? Now, I thought I can bring you into this as well, um, because uh, he said, aside from peaking in the first 10 minutes, of course. Should we basically take everyone on the journey that is your hype train? Um, so we're, <laughs> so we're, back, we're back a couple of years ago when this project yeah. was first announced. It was going into well, me and you did a, we did a fan casting back we then. We did do a fan casting, and I think that we did a bloody good job of I that. Think we did, you yeah. can still go back and watch it, and it's still, I'd say it's still worth a watch just because yeah. of, A, how wrong we were on some of the choices we did on get, there. Uh, I, I'm sure we is, um, we did actually get someone right. I can't remember. Which I, th- one. I wanted Iko away from the raid to be Liu Kang, mm. and I'm, I don't know if we mentioned Joe Taslin, but obviously he's already he's all he's all he's yeah. also from the raid, and he eventually played Sub Zero. Yeah, there was like uh, it was a uh, glorious time to be alive, and then yeah. we had the horrible doldrums of waiting, hearing all of the the cancellation stuff, the uh, the fact that it was elongating the project, everything was like shutting down, and obviously we had the big global bastard that was <laughs> COVID come in, and that's uh, changed things dramatically. But mm-hmm. finally in the about, about what was it three or four weeks ago you suddenly started ramping back up again your the train was going up the mountain because it was trailer, about to take off it might as well have had wings on it because it was lifting off the track the trailer the steam was so, you so good i was, was giddy from that thing i was freaking out about it and then i watched it and it's really bad dual skill it's but, really but this, really this bad. is the problem this is a problem with uh video <laughs> game movies in general and also with um video game trailers especially mm. like all of the best bits are in the trailers. It, they, mm. they can't help themselves. They are just shooting their wad every single time. But the problem is, is that films like this really only work best as short films. If you look back at fan-made shorts, mm. uh, like Mortal Kombat things, it's one fight done incredibly well and people leave it going, that is the quintessential experience. You boiled True. it down into that one thing. Mm-hmm. Padding out those moments, because there are moments in the new Mortal Kombat film that are genuinely good. Like, don't get me wrong. So have you, have you seen the whole, the whole I thing have that... seen. The, okay, I have okay. seen him. I wasn't doing it. I enjoyed a lot of the fight scenes. I enjoyed the bad bits of the fight scenes as well, like when the CG just totally tanked and they decided right. to animate it using MS Paint or something like that. 
But everything in between those points was bunk. So much terrible, terrible dialogue. Having that one bit where it was just kind of like, hey, you can teleport anywhere in the world, right? Having that as a piece of exposition in a film, the person who wrote that should have been hung, drawn and quartered. Because that is like film writing 101 out the bloody window. It's the bit when, not not to do spoilers, but there is a bit when the whole group needs to be reinvigorated and they need to learn Mm. to fight again. That is literally the, the thematic beat of that scene. And a character just says, no, we need to keep fighting. And then it just cuts between their faces going like, yeah. We yeah. do. And then it should what it should have done is cut to a third person, either like me or you, just going like, no, I want to sit down for five. I've got a pucker <laughs> pie that I want to eat. You know? <laughs> a pie from yeah. uh, NetherRealm's <laughs> finest. I think, yeah. um, I don't know, for me, it was just like, there are immaculate highs. There are some fatalities in there that I didn't think mm. I'd ever see on the big screen that are brilliant. But for me, it's the core stuff. Now, um, Sumbro is saying, can I expand on stuff? There is a full video on the main Wakulture yeah. channel. Um, I literally just dove in. Our boss was just like, do whatever I you want so i was like i'm gonna call it everything that it gets wrong and i'm just gonna dive in i have to admit this is one thing that i absolutely love about your presenting style (laughs) is that like you you manage to encapsulate an emotion whenever you're doing your sort of like (laughs) let's just call them rant videos like that's that's, because that's what they are like you can just be sat in front of a camera and just be told go and then in 10 minutes 20 (laughs) minutes time you just go stop and you go cool right that's everything i've got to say about that yeah me I've got to like script everything out. I've got to rework it, retool it, get it like going in my mind well, and think about these key points. And you just goes, no, nah, this is it. You've, <laughs> you've hit the mine of gold and you are about to get a big squirty burst right is, in your face. Like that's another thing of behind the scenes type thing is that we either do it to cam, like to camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is just a rant. It is improvised or whatever. Um, Cause I love improvising stuff. Like my Final Fantasy VII remake review was just my thoughts at 10 a.m. after finishing it four in the morning, six hours previous. Yeah. And it lasted for half an hour. Cause I had lots, I have lots to say. In Mortal Kombat's case, I was, like i'm gonna i need to write it all down so i, I mean i yeah. did it as a voiceover just to sort of like do that but i could have just ranted but i knew it would get too sprawly yeah and it's yeah. just yeah but i mean to sort of elaborate i mean i would recommend obviously i'd recommend that video there's some stuff in there but i think it was just it's the core tenets of filmmaking it's the pacing the storytelling the characters the I, the editing like i just every single fight scene is over edited to the point where i don't yeah. remember any of it other than just those two characters for each other and you're just cutting around too much and the craziness of the final 20 minutes where it's just they they have their you know the group scenario we need to do this we need to do that and it's intercut with like fights that literally take yeah. seconds and then you're yeah. back and then i just i thought it was a mess there's it lacks mortal confidence in itself <laughs> uh to uh to maintain a shot um it's it's something that speaks to and i'm not uh generalizing here it's a terminology that it uses quite well. it's the adderall generation where it's the mm. people who cannot focus and so what they do in filmmaking is they do like 10 20 cuts in a single like 10 second shot because mm-hmm. of the fact that they're just like oh it's the way to inject it with energy what it does in actuality is it confuses everything you don't yeah. have a, a through line this too all the these cuts are jarring they're awful there's like um somebody uh took the uh the is it the biopic on um it's not the beatles is it it might be the beatles where it's like they're doing the uh no it's queen okay yeah it's the it's the the queen film they um, oh bohemian rhapsody that's the one yes yeah. sorry uh-huh. i completely forgot what it was called uh, mind <laughs> blank then um they arrive at a uh, breakfast and in between it's just characters talking, yep. but they cut us something like 30 to 40 yes, times. Yes, I remember and seeing Cy that. And Cy Gallagher, yeah. oh, he used to work for us, he pointed it out, just going like, this one, best editing, how? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but it's just like there is a uh, I, I mentioned this in like the video but there's there's a mentality in a lot of trip on and big blockbuster hollywood films where more edits equals more fun somehow in these scenes Doesn't. like no like you need to communicate the kineticism of the fight through the editing it's like no yeah. just let these martial artists who are brilliant martial artists choreograph a fight one of the main reasons why the raid did so incredibly well is because the fight choreography um managed to actually stick on those that were in combat like uh, for, for elongated amounts of time yeah. to a point where you're like wow how are they remembering to do all of these moves and these <laughs> combat things like yeah sure there were kinetic cuts in certain places mm -hmm. but people remember more when uh, when something lingers rather mm -hmm. than when something cuts. Well, the, I mean, I, I adore the Raid film. Like, I was like, yeah, Joe Taslin from the Raid, like, I, mm -hmm. like cutting around him is the worst thing. You could, like, he's an immaculate uh, martial artist. And, like, you know, they, yeah. there was a behind-the-scenes thing that he had to be told to slow down because he was too efficient, too quick, and everything else. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, every time you watch those content creators who can't even get through a bloody sentence. And they've got a cut. <laughs> I like can't five... talk, to be fair. No, you can talk. That is the big difference. <laughs> These people here, I do not understand. Whereas it would be like a person just going like, oh, so today uh, is Wednesday, hard cut. And right. uh, I'm, I went down to the shops and hard cut. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> can you not formulate an entire coherent sentence without mm. doing that? Like, just do it again, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, I that, guess that's like, what the film feels like. Maybe that's what it comes from. That because I, I, I don't necessarily mind that, depending on who it is. But I think mm. like it, that does give the edit itself a bit of energy, which is maybe where it comes from, from a corporate standpoint of like, okay, what are the kids into YouTube style editing? Let's edit the living hell out of this stuff. But I mean, even that idea of uh, applying that to film does go back quite a while. Mm. Um, there was a really great YouTube channel called Every Frame a Painting that broke down uh, the difference oh, yeah. between yeah, it, yeah, I remember this, like like Western fight choreography and Eastern fight mm. choreography, and like the difference between the way someone like um, Jackie Chan used to shoot the likes of Rush Hour and old school martial arts films versus the way that the Guardians of the Galaxy does it and Marvel yeah. does it, um, where you're cutting just too much and you're missing out on impact shots and things like that. So yeah, I just, I love Mortal Kombat so much that I just had so many core problems with the way the whole world was presented and things like wasting the pit stage at the end and the, yeah. the Arcana stuff where like they're not, it's not a bunch of people from a bunch of different colors, creeds, backgrounds, everything else. It's just, if you're like focused enough, you can develop a superpower and i'm just like, like what are okay. you doing to this i hated all that stuff but anyway but sequel sequel see, well the thing is like that interview with greg russo the writer said that um yeah it was originally planned as a trilogy but that wasn't in the marketing that wasn't flagged nope. at all but that does explain why nothing happens in the first one because apparently the second one is going to be the tournament um and i was just like you could have said that that probably would have helped I'm not gonna lie, it's a dumb move to start a reboot or a soft relaunch of a franchise and not include the titular tournament. That, yeah. is, a, that is the dumbest thing. Like, it is, it is like <laughs> saying, oh, uh, it's gonna be Superman, but he doesn't fly. He just, yeah, just hangs out for a bit and it's just, oh, yeah. come back next time when we've got like the, the actual thing you came for. It's like, um, because uh, like sometimes they can work, don't be wrong. Like, the Fellowship mm. of the Ring is easily one of the better ones out of the trilogy yeah. because of the fact that it eases into the story. At least story they're covering slowly. ground, though. Yeah, they're covering ground in it. But like, imagine if it was like a Superman film, but you spent 40 five minutes with just Clark Kent doing busy work. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that whole thing of, I just, I feel like there's a trend in a lot of, um, you know, new TV shows, new movies where it's like, we need to explain everything. We need to have an origin story. We can't just mm. go with the thing. And even like Liu Kang, you know, it's not that he like trained really hard as a Shaolin monk and he just has this innate fire yeah. ability. It's his arcana and he got it because he defeated like a criminal and then he got it because he was so annoyed. And it's just like, it's just like you oh. don't need to do this. Like you can yeah. just have characters, have powers. But um, anyway, next question from Paul O'Brien. Um, I, like I can Paul. only buy Returnal or Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Advice on which one? I've never played a Mass Effect. Right, okay. If you want to um, feel like you're having 
what's the best way to describe this? Um, uh, if you if you want to experience an MDMA rush, then pretty much I would suggest getting Returnal because my God, it's it's intense fun for about two to three hours, and then it uh, kicks you right in the nads with a come down so hard that sends you right back to the beginning again. That you want to thing, cry? I did, yeah. The, I finally managed to get past the third boss the other night, and then I managed to maintain that run and beat the fourth boss as mm. well. And mm. I was like, okay, this feels great. And the third boss, like you said, it is like this interactive fireworks display. It's like being in the middle of like Fantavision. Yeah, um, and it's great. But um, I, for me, you can't if you've not played mass effect and all three games are available assumedly it'll be solid like obviously we're recommending something that is out versus yeah, something that isn't out yet but hopefully um ea have let bioware do the necessaries and it's actually going to play well because yeah for me if you've not played mass effect then this should be like that is gaming royalty like that is the yeah. best sci-fi franchise in gaming ever I, think. I mean you regularly see mass effect 2 topping the best games ever made mm. um and it is worthy of that praise i think it mm -hmm. is the perfect blend of sci-fi action drama it's it when people say it's a space odyssey it fits it perfectly yeah it plus is like i mean the brilliant. new one has the combat model from two and three they have this sort mm. of weird hybrid mm. thing where it should play like two and three which is where the combat got a lot better um, are you planning on going back through mass effect because oh, i've yes. been waiting yeah. yeah to do like a whole new run um, I, I don't know how I'm going to find the time though, because that is three mm. very lengthy games to I do it. And I'm, I, I've just finished um, Disco Elysium, the final cut again. Nice. Um, and I am just working my way through. I can't reveal which game it is, but it is, it is a game that's coming out <laughs> soon. Yeah, I'm working my way through that, which uh, is proving to be a Resident bit There's Resident Evil 8 beefy. as well, which just dropped yeah. today, and the Dark Alliance remaster, which just just randomly granted all of our dreams, all my, and, my dreams at least yesterday. And you know what, Scott? I finally caved in. I am getting a PS5. Yes! Um, I, I, I'm going to join the ranks. Um, <laughs> I, I, as soon as one becomes available, I'll, I'll get an order in. I'm getting that and a Switch sorted out now, because oh. now that obviously we're going back into the offices and stuff, I want mm -hmm. to be able to play something on the journey up to you guys, and also be able to, when you do streams and stuff like that, mm -hmm. because I know we'll be using the PS5 more than the xbox i think because majority of us have ps5 yes i can jump in and play with you guys as well on that yeah man well i mean yeah there's you, like you've always you've got the the, the ps5 is not like crazy overloaded with exclusives right now it is demons nah. it is miles morales and it is returnal but i, um, I want to play point. village bad man i, really I, mean, I, I downloaded village last night and i was ready to go at midnight and then i remembered that i had to be up at like half past seven this morning so i was like yeah. oh, i can't i can't do it and um so it's still just sitting there just literally oh, it's village. Wait, it's, she's literally beckoning you over just going like <laughs> with her big long fingernails apparently i I've not seen it, but apparently that big uh, Freddy Krueger style hand that she has is her actual hand, and those are her fingernails. Yeah, I thought it. Uh, I thought it was like that she had like a big glove, but it's she's why why are you surprised that a Resident Evil game has mutating sort of <laughs> appendages? It is their bread and butter. I should have guessed that from the beginning. Um, next question from Jack Asbury, who says, after playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I noticed there's a lot of choices that basically don't matter. So that got me wondering whether player choice can actually ruin a linear storyline. Now this thing, I. I was going to say, I think this is a very pertinent question because I think I totally agree with that. I always go down one route and then just get annoyed that I didn't go the other way. That's sort of, yeah. that's always me. There is a, a line of thinking that um, moral choices uh, weaken overall narrative in mm. terms of the, you've got, you've got to break it down, right? So you've got either a player controlled adventure in which they determine everything they do and it creates a granular experience which should on paper be different to your friends and therefore create a more personal and immersive experience. Mm but it comes at the cost of every single developer tearing their hair out because they then have to make every single choice reflect back to what your previous actions have. They have to have impact. They have to have payoff at the end mm -hmm. as well because if they don't, then it was all for nothing. Versus a 
totally prescribed adventure which has the capacity to be far better than anything that you could have designed yourself mm-hmm. because of the fact that the de- the developers are choosing the best moments for you they are directing you in a way that would make a truly memorable experience but also has the capacity to be terribly written and therefore worse as a result. There's, yeah. there's pros and cons to either side. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's hard as well um, in terms of like, does this thing feel like it's going to have a sequel? Because then it's like, well, mm. which one of them becomes canon and does that wipe out yeah, what people totally. chose? Um, also, my sort of go-to with this, because it's it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like I'm wiping out all moral choices, but I think if something like The Last of Us, and I think if they'd made it so that the final, if that final sequence where Joel saves Ellie was a choice, mm. it wouldn't have landed anywhere near as powerfully as it does because you're yeah. forced to embody that character as they do the thing um and also i don't know if you have the same uh weird i think it's like a, a dichotomy kind of thing where you know you get a choice in a game and it's like do i do the thing that i want to see as the player because that that sounds like a cool scenario or do i do yeah. the thing that the character would do i don't yeah. know if you have that split because i always yeah. never know which one's what i should do well there's um i think that somebody put out a report fairly recently saying that um it was actually to do with the mass effect stuff mm. that um the uh, renegade storyline only saw something really low like a 13% completion rate of people right. going like full renegade like mm. the entire way through all of the three games you would lose because- every companion if you went full renegade the entire way through Exactly. So they don't even reward you for going down those paths. So it, mm. it doesn't even become a choice in some games because like, you can only get the bonuses if you go 100% light side or 100% dark side. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're not really choosing. You're basically mm. saying, I'm committing to this path now. Therefore, the choice has actually already been made for me the moment I go, cool, do I want to play A yeah. or B? It's definitely like a, like a case by case thing because like if you talk about Mass Effect, like I love the fact that my shepherd or our shepherds feel like our own path through that mm-hmm. mythos. There are like main beats to hit, but there are also big choices that sort of come back around in two and three. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's strange. I don't think it's necessarily a one and done type thing, but I can I can cite more examples where um, the game made the decision for me, like The Last of Us, um, mm-hmm. than I can ones where I was glad to make a choice at the very end because all that happens is you just reload your save and do the other one and then yeah. see what yeah. happened anyway. Well, it, quite literally that in um, life is strange when right. you literally have the powers to rewind time and just see what the other options are <laughs> so you're just picking the best thing and it's like mm, okay. i like that as like a comment on that stuff because there was yeah. like, that was sort of like don't nod's little comment on the way that telltale stuff was going um, but, but they yeah, didn't use it as that they did it in a sense that it was like you are shaping the game and it's kind of mm. like well i'm not really i'm just picking whichever one best suits my character yeah like, and then i'm kind of going to rewind and just do it all yeah. again anyway yeah. i guess um i'm just thinking of recent games that sort of landed with a choice like ghost of sushima's final choice is pretty huge um mm. but again like i don't know if that would have landed better if they made you do that choice to keep it vague but um i still love the way that that thing went there is uh, the obviously up and coming biomutant which is uh, saying that Mm. choices go a lot into the das and they've said that they've gone quite granular with the experience there uh yet to yet to see it pay off uh but uh, i'm interested to see that yeah i keep forgetting that thing's coming out i just keep Mm. talking oh yeah the cat game with the big swords that's 2017 yeah just I, was when it was first announced little, little, little lovely rach mentioned that when she used to work here when she first started that was the first thing she mentioned and then yeah. now it's finally coming out yeah hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. <laughs> Next question from Rex Wolfley. With all these games coming out now, it makes me wonder, how are review assignments at What Culture decided? Tell us how the sausage is made. Speaking of, do you have a favorite sausage? I'm a bratwurst <laughs> guy myself. Now, I included this one because we have actually talked about review stuff before. We can dive back into it a little bit. Yeah. Also, sausage-wise, um, I must recommend, I think it's called the Anduin sausage or the Alduin sausage. Okay. Um, the Alduin. Is, is that the, the dragon, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, from, yeah. From it's probably not the Alduin sausage. Um, it comes but, very smoked. It's a fiery <laughs> sausage. The Anduin one that I'm trying to remember is the one that I had in New Orleans, um, which came inside a big bread basket thing called a pooper, which is very amazing. Good so I got, got a big pooper and then there was a little um, there was a little sausage inside it, which makes me sound like I've lost my mind, but it was very delicious. <laughs> you looked inside a pooper and found a little sausage. <laughs> I did. Okay. It no, was it's fine. It's fine, dude. It's fine. I'm sure it's called Anduin. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. It's a, it Google, I'm going to Google it. Google. You, yeah. you tell me your favorite sausage. Um, favorite sausage pre-veganism was probably uh, chorizo, uh, just because yes. of the fact that it is just spicy, it is Moorish, it has got that nice chewy, almost like jerky flavor to mm -hmm. it, which uh, um, texture to it, which I really like. Um, My sausage is called an Andouille sausage. Andouille. A-N-D-O-U-I-L-L-L-E. Is it a circular sausage? Like, does it go around? Uh, or is it just like a little wheel? Had, but oh, okay. I don't know. It comes with the whole the red beans and rice thing. It was when nice. I went to Holland, it was just nice. like, I just get all this stuff. It was, it was lovely. And then post-veganism, I probably would say the best sausage is, oh, um, I think they're called Plant Kitchen, mm. Tesco's. They do these, um, they do like bangers and they actually have like a skin on them that actually uh. does feel like real 
sausage skin. That's and that cool. Is, yeah, that's nice. I, found, I, I still I still love experiment with different vegan sausages. I can't think of any off the top of my head in terms of the brand. I think Little Willies is one that was quite nice. Just <laughs> Poopers and Willies, eh? Willies. Oh. You know, Friday. But um, <laughs> some of that stuff was pretty good. Um, in terms of the how review assignments are decided, it's mm. just a mix of who's best for the job, ostensibly. Like, who knows the franchise? Who yeah, wants to review it? <laughs> Yeah. Weirdly enough, like, do you do you remember back in the day we got sent a lovely set of personalized top Trump cards? It, yes, it, that was like twenty sixteen. Yeah, it feels like that. That's what it is when you join what culture. You kind <laughs> of just like you introduce yourself. You have a like settle in for a bit. You mm-hmm. do some writing, and then you basically have that conversation at the um, the table where you just go. By the way, I really like Bioshock, or by yeah, the way, I really yeah. like Resident Evil, and everyone will just be like, "Oh, cool, I like this." But I've I'm a huge tattoo. fan of like, yeah, I'm like like you for example. You're like, I love Metal Gear Solid, and we're yeah. just like, cool, right? You're the Metal Gear Solid guy because mm-hmm. of the fact that we like it, but there are people who love it. Yeah, and then once you find your sort of niches, you then just go. Cool, Cool, right. So, for example, Benroy is besotted with the Resident Evil. <laughs> it's like his favorite so, thing. So, of course, I mean, he watches all of the uh, the movies repeatedly, mm-hmm. even though they're terrible. Even though he knows he's played all of the games, he's <laughs> personal friends with Colin Salmon. Um, like, there's, the man knows no uh, bounds when it comes to loving that franchise. Mm-hmm. So, it was obviously going to go to him when it was um, uh, Resident Evil Village was announced. Yeah, like, yeah. There are times where we have not conflicts, but it's kind of like, oh, I'd like to review that. Um, mm-hmm. Can I review this one? And then usually it goes into like a trade-off thing where you go, cool, right? Well, I'm down to reviewing. I don't know. Um, this game and i just go i'll trade you for that one that's, yeah that's literally and um, also to address like the whole you know whoever's the biggest fan type thing it's not a case of just going like okay you'll you'll score this highly because you're a fan like you still need yeah. to be able to analyze the pros and cons yeah, like it's yeah, not yeah. like something gets an automatic five stars just because someone liked it um in resident evil 8's case uh um ben roy like absolutely adored that game and just said it he literally said it when he was messaging me as he was playing through he's like this makes re7 feel like a beta so i'm just yeah. like yeah, I mean, that thing's been getting, like, nines across the board and then a couple of, like, fours and lower stuff. Like, I saw Greg Miller saying, like, oh, yeah. just skip it all together. I'm like, I wonder what this game does that's either brilliant or put people off. From what I can tell, it's um, if you're a fan of the way that uh, Resident Evil was moving towards action games, like in Resident mm-hmm. Evil 6 and, indeed, Resident Evil 7, then mm-hmm. you'll really like the fact that this is more action-focused. It doesn't do horror so much as it does um, action and gore. It's, okay. uh, like... There, there are a few suspenseful moments, but it, I feel like the uh, the puzzles been puzzle solving has been dialed down. Mm. The uh, combat has been dialed up to the point where people are actually calling it a shooter rather than a survival horror game now. Right. And that obviously is going to stick in the craw of certain people, like especially mm. when you've just come off the back of the remakes of Resident Evil Two and Three, which were action heavy but still maintained a glorious survival horror feel. This is a total departure. That was the thing with uh, RE Two remake where I was like, oh, this this is Resident yep. Evil, and I love Seven, yep. but I was just like oh man this is the perfect mix give me third person over shoulder combat nice puzzles nice combat mm-hmm. and i went so, back like, to it and i was just like this might well be my favorite one i, yeah, I, I, think I, it I is, like yeah. i love resident evil 4 two bits but because mm. it's so recent because they did so much with a beloved classic i was like mm-hmm. yes please it just felt good it just and all the mm-hmm. gore tech stuff is really fun to experiment with and and um, there's things like that but yeah with re8 i guess because it's like this spiritual sort of follow-up to re4 like it is channeling a lot of for the merchants back the inventory systems back yeah. things like that um that i wonder if because re4 always this massive shift towards action if they've tried to replicate that again and um, we're both speaking as people who haven't touched it yet but you yeah. never know this time next week we'll have uh, we'll have played a bit of it do you know um, do you know what scott yeah. i have to admit i've watched uh i've watched four video video reviews of it one which okay. was an hour long and i've watched uh i've read <laughs> three no i've read i've read two and a half articles of reviews in it and Sweet just little- because just because of the fact that I'm besotted with it, but I have no, I have 
haven't picked it See, up. See, I know, yet. I know, I know very little. I played the the village demo. I know that Lady Dimitris is the big old lady. Mm. Um, she's got some daughters, and it's in the castle, and that's it. And I just, I always just stay. I've stayed away. And even Benroy this morning was like, "I've written ending explained. Can you read that?" I was like, "No, yeah, I no, don't want to know anything." No. So I'll, uh, I'm, I need to like burn through it so I can catch up. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that game. Um, but yeah, review stuff. It's whoever's just best for the job with a mix of yeah. different factors. Um, next question from Steve Ahrens, who says, "Hey guys, loving the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'm going through a bit of a dry spell when it comes." to gaming i want to play something new but i never end up in the mood have either of you guys ever gone through periods where you haven't felt like playing games and if so how did you get over it totally my friend it is possible to get burned out on anything in life especially entertainment because Mm. uh, oversaturation and basically doing something again and again no matter what routine it is will eventually come with its pitfalls i was lucky in the sense that when i found my dry spell which was uh probably it was actually after the glorious high that was the double whammy of Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War. Uh, okay. Played them like pretty much back to back. I had no other game I knew was going to be able to touch those those fun moments for quite a while. <laughs> so what I did instead was I just picked up the paintbrush and started painting Warhammer stuff. Like mm-hmm. because I thought, cool, I'm going to move into something completely different, be less of a um, like be be more engaged with something completely tactile versus something that is like telling a story to me. Mm-hmm. And I found that that got me over it because uh, I went through a long period of just seeing games come out and just being like, yep, that looks cool. Sitting down and playing maybe an hour or two of them and just being like, ah, I'm just, I'm not connecting with this. And mm-hmm. I know I should be. And I know that I, it is a good game, but I'm just mm-hmm. not giving it a fair rub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's strange because I think, yeah, I've, I've gone through periods where I've kind of gone like, oh my God, like a lot of these games, maybe some bigger titles that come in a row, all have crafting systems, all have loot components, mm-hmm. all have these different mechanics that are crossing over and i'm just kind of like like you said you play the beginning and you kind of go okay i get what this is and you know is it just me is it the industry shifting towards this and it's not uh, appealing to me as much um i've kind of like felt those things before the things that snap me out of it are uh, trying something indie something that's completely different maybe try a genre that you haven't tried before um and see if that sort of like perks something in you or like jules said do something completely different like for me it's, it's always guitar it's always games and guitar mm-hmm. and i'll just go and just play for an entire afternoon um and maybe like a song or a, a passage that you're practicing or something else will remind you of something from a game or your subconscious will trigger something that it'll just be oh man i'm gonna go and pick that back up that story beat or like that piece of music reminds me of this or whatever um and it kind of becomes an interconnected thing um or just delve into old favorites like just delve into the the comfort blanket of something from 10 years ago that you loved um and remember why you like the medium um not the medium itself the medium itself is actually brilliant but the medium (laughs) as in gaming um, you know, remembering like why you like game mechanics, why you like certain fields of titles, the the feeling of interacting with different stuff rather than some of the newer stodge that's yeah. come out across the last few years, which is just how much can you put up with the game? <laughs> like in terms of like the adventures, like here's nine premium currencies. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I didn't buy this to do a spreadsheet maths lesson. I, I bought this to actually play the thing. So you, you, do, yeah. you do raise a good point, though, which is uh, another thing that could help you get over the hump, as it were, mm. is to look for a game that you and your friends can play. Because if yeah. you can decide on a game then that is maybe if it's just like an online shooter where you don't need to think too much or if it's just like a, a silly little puzzle game or something like that. If, if you're playing with friends online or in person, mm. then that will definitely help you get over it because you'll start bonding. And it's the connections that really mm-hmm. make us feel uh, enamored with video games as plus like anything is great in co-op or four yeah. player like that dark alliance remaster i can't wait to go through that again in co-op yeah. with my wife and we've both been playing uh, it takes two as well which is the best co-op game oh, yeah. in so long it's brilliant 
Um, so yeah, stuff like that. I guess sort of try something that you might not usually go to and that in itself can provide like a, a sort of more original spark. Mm-hmm. Um, next question from Steve. Um, this is a, a sort of a, a potential scenario um, who says, you're playing Returnal and finally beat the third boss at midnight, but adulting prevents you from going further. What do you do? <laughs> do you A, die in a blaze of glory so that your progress is saved or B, put your PS5 to rest and pray that a patch or power outage doesn't ruin your progress? Now, this comes from Returnal not having a save system. Um, yeah. It does when you resettle together but uh if like, like if the game updates overnight the ps5 will do that automatically it'll automatically close the game and you'll have lost wherever you were you also can't checkpoint etc etc um apparently our house mark are working on it but yeah it's leading to loads of situations like this where you are playing at two in the morning maybe you've had a big three hour long run yeah um and it's like do i leave it and hope that nothing happens or do i just die so at least i've banked it what would you do for me personally, I'd go down in a blaze of glory and then I would look <laughs> my child in the eye and say to them, like, this is the sacrifice that I'm willing to make for you. And the baby would look up to me and be like, take out his dummy and just be like, I know, father. <laughs> and I'd be like, that is, that is shocking. That is shocking that you can speak at, uh, how old are you again? I am three weeks old wow okay <laughs> <laughs> i've been playing for a long time yeah yeah i think um for me because uh, i literally did this the other night it took me ages to beat the third boss and then when i finally did i just kept playing and it was like half one in the morning i just kept going and i was like i'll just see how far i can go um and just i will always gamble that it'll be okay in life i'll just gamble <laughs> everything will be okay and so i um got to about half past two in the morning and i was like well i'm doing all right i've got a good build um, I don't want to reset it. Um, so I was just like, I'll just put the PS5 to sleep and hope that it's fine. Um, yeah. But I have read so many stories of um, the game updating overnight, the network dropping out. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a horrible bug where the game doesn't recognize any interactions where you go into a room and you can't get out of it anymore. And Hilarious. you're just, you can't interact with the, the doors auto open, but they just don't in this case. Um, stuff like that, that just really, really sucks. And Housemark, have, obviously it's their most ambitious thing yet. They've never done anything this big. Um, and there's a lot of bugs. For the most part, it's tight. Um, and I've not, I've not personally had any big uh, progress losing things, but I've definitely seen them doing the rounds. Um, so next question from Marcus the Thief, who says, "Was a hey, fellow buddy. tall vampire lady lovers? Um, <laughs> what video game ended up pulling you down into another another hobby rabbit hole? Mine was the Epic Baldur's Gate, which ended up um, getting me well and truly hooked into D and D." Oh, so it's like, oh, what is a tangential thing? Um, I will be skateboarding. Just give me Tony Hawk's and the oh, entire yeah. skateboarding craze of the early two thousands. I have to echo that, actually. I think that that yeah. is like a perfect thing because it wasn't until I played like the Tony Hawk's 1 and 2 especially that it became like a real thing. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I actually do want to like not just wear Vans clothings and <laughs> so just like, like have the flat peak cast. I'm going to go out there and buy a skateboard. And I remember buying one around the same time that Tony Hawk's 3 came out and being mm. shockingly bad at it. Same. Like, going, like, going like, I can't grind on this immediately. This I'm rubbish Gr- at this. A grind in real life, grinding is a skateboard so in real life hard. is terrifying. Like yeah. you're just going to, I barely could do an ollie in the first place, but combining <laughs> that, jumping at a rail was just, I don't know how anyone gets past that. The, the thing is, is that what people don't tell you as well is that you need to wax up a lot of, of like um like curbs and stuff like that if you're going to do any sort yes. of like grinds or stools and um not knowing this you just stop dead just as soon as you get, yeah. and you're like whoa because <laughs> like, yeah. do you remember what your uh, first deck was like what your skateboard looked like because oh I, yeah yeah mine yeah. was uh it was yellow uh and had black um sort of like crisscrosses all the way down it and in the center x had mm-hmm. a uh, an outcut of like i think it was uh, the element logo Okay, see, so yeah. that's that's pretty cool. I had to, like, in the middle of the craze of, like, Mom, I need this right now. Let's go to the, the <laughs> shops and get it. The only one that was in stock was a Pikachu one. And oh, so I hell, get... you, you win. Well, you beat mine out. These days, 
that would be all right. But I, I got home with my little Pikachu one. And I was like, oh, it's it's full size. It's clearly you know the right size. It's not a junior, yeah. and uh, but it's a Pikachu thing. And like obviously Pokemon was a big deal. It was still the early two thousands. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But little little hard man into the wrestling me was like, this is too soft. This this is just Pikachu. Ah. So I drew all over it. I tried like I gave him sunglasses and like a little amazing, hat, and I tried to be cool. Amazing. Still got so pointed out. You, point you that did basically that, but... the cheap meme with like the split and the uh, the glasses <laughs> come down on it. Like... I think if I had like a like a sticker pack, I could have made it work or something. But yeah. it just you know. When you're young and you sort of you're terrified of anyone thinking anything at all times and yeah. it was just like walking through the estate and like sort of getting laughed at and just be like it's just beautiful pikachu boards i just want to be cool and do the grinds and um, i just I remember like, sorry yes. i just remember walking through um you just reminded me walking mm. uh holding my skateboard and somebody being like you're gonna ride that thing or what and me just being like <laughs> oh yeah actually i've just been that guy who carries around a skateboard sometimes it just, i mean and also like going down a hill like again terrifying but just mm. like sitting on it and flying down a hill was way more yeah than trying to actually stand on it and go down a hill. Um, anyway, very quick question uh, for the last one by Jean Malave. I'm going to go with Malave mm. or Malave. Um, why is Max Payne 4 not a thing yet with a whole ton of exclamation marks and question marks? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man, Rockstar are just sitting on a big bag of money. Like, just I put don't Max Payne 3 out again. Like, yeah, well, you can't where, play why? that game on no. anything other than booting up an original Xbox 360 or like whatever. Uh, it 360 was or PS3, yeah. Yeah, you can't play it on any other version. Just re-release it with like a slight HD <laughs> upgrade and people would buy it at hands. Oh, it's it's it like so even the... cinematic. It pushed the consoles to their limits as well. Mm -hmm. It looked great. It played amazing. The multiplayer was surprisingly brilliant. What if well. it was actually like, really weirdly solid mm. for a game that had slow motion mechanics between other players like if yeah. you got caught in someone else's view then you would slow down as well it's so fun really I like the idea of I also as well like if we were going to just shout out because you you did your um best monologues in gaming that just went up mm. and like mm -hmm. where max Payne's in that one and um, mm -hmm. for max Payne 2 but um max Payne 3's script is like legit one of dan hauser's best ever pieces of work and it's the most overlooked thing ever but like that game is written so stupidly well the only thing that I wish that they'd done is maybe cut the story in half. Like mm. they could have easily cut out a fair chunk of it and still just slap the ending on and you would have had an immaculate, uh, if shorter game. Mm -hmm. And they could have used that then to then put into like uh, the groundwork for Max Payne 4 because maybe. let's face it, it is a long game. It's like, yeah, um, yeah. it's probably like if you sat down and played it from start to finish, it's like, what like threes i think what? it is the longest yeah like sort of maybe 15 well i don't know you know in my head it's longer because there's a lot of cutscene work well, there's a no cutscenes and, and a lot of failed missions from me as well so <laughs> i would just, i want to say it's around a 20 to 25 hour uh -huh. thing which which for a game with that premise is quite long it's it's i just i that's one of those things where i just want to make a list called like stuff i need you to play because it's yeah. just it's just it's such a great take on that character and just it's so dark and it's brilliant Interestingly enough, our boss has just okayed a uh, series where we're going to be looking at our favorite films ever made. Ooh. So I recorded mine the other day, which should be going up on What Culture Main at some point soon. Mm -hmm. That means that there might be leverage to say that we can do our favorite games or games I'll we just... should play, and then we could do it, and you could just list every single Metal Gear Solid game. Oh, you're not wrong. If I just sort of uh, shovel night, Mortal Kombat 9, yep. just sort of like start. Yeah, I mean, I would happily do that. I think that anything that sort of encourages people to check out those games that got completely overlooked mm -hmm. at the time um, would be awesome. Um, but yes, for now, thanks to everybody for sending in their questions it's been a bloody lovely ubp ubp oh, it has UBP. indeed ubp <laughs> um and thanks very much jules gill i've been scott taylor this has been the entitled banter podcast and we'll catch you next time
Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Oh, actually, before we go, uh, big announcement. Big announcement. <laughs> Next week, you will be able to take part in the Banties. the Banties. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever wondered what Scott and Jules thinks about the state of the gaming industry and what they thought of the, the last year in terms of titles and releases? Well, tune in next week where we give out awards such as <laughs> Biggest Steaming Pile of Bollocks. <laughs> tune in next time where we remember the thing we were supposed to do for this week's show. Well, we actually yeah, no, remembered totally. it yesterday. <laughs> we'll just do it next week. We did just realize- a- I'll go. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, clean up that tuxedo T-shirt that you wear to make yourself look really cool at parties because it's time <laughs> to get smart. We uh, looked up the uh, the half mark. If we the amount of time that we've been doing this show, it was like we should do it halfway towards like a one year anniversary of it. Yeah. And then we realized at the beginning of the week that that's actually this week's show, and then hey. we just proceeded to forget to do it this week. But we're gonna do some awards. We're gonna do the bandies. We'll put them together for next week. We don't have any categories. We have, we have a few categories. Between what us. people should do is uh, hit us up on the hashtag of hashtag UBP and then uh, submit what they think there should be categories for yes. along with their questions. And then we can answer them in relation to their questions as well. Yes, yes, yes. And I'll put, I'll put another um, like asking tweet thing out next yeah. Thursday as well sure. for any last minute ones and stuff. Um, the, only, the leading category is the Steaming Bollock Award. Uh, we yeah. haven't awarded that yet. Which video game has been the biggest steaming pile of bollocks? I mean, it's definitely Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is remains steaming. It's still not on sale. Is but it, it might not be. Marvel's Avengers? I'd, at least that oh. came out. At least Sony were like, we can sell this. Like, Cyberpunk isn't sellable. <laughs> it's Sony has still not put it on the store. Like it's still just sitting in a corner. Somewhere. I think that I think that Cyberpunk's going to have to be my uh, Jules's biggest regret of 2020. <laughs> I feel like oh, no, coming with a full defense. I think you should stand by the PC version, the next gen version. Yeah, I the, still the PC, love that yeah, game, yeah, but yeah. it's it's hard to do. Anyway, we'll catch you all next yeah. week for the banties. Thank you all very much, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.